0: So what's it like to be part of a Wales team that beats New Zealand? This week on the Welsh Rugby Union podcast, we hear from one of only two captains to have done that at the World Rugby
1: Under-20s Championship. Elite
0: players in Wales have been heading back into training this week, so it's a chance to look forward as well as back. There are many Wales players who can describe what it's like to beat New Zealand, but it's just over a year since the Wales under-20s did just that at the Junior World Championships. Their captain was Ospreys and Wales squad hooker Terry Lake. He spoke to Graham Gillespie. Does it feel like a year already since you beat the All Blacks?
1: No, not at all. It kind of took me by surprise, actually. It's not felt that long at all. Really? And I don't know if it's obviously because we've, we've been stuck inside for the past couple of months, but it, it didn't feel at all like it's been a year since it
0: happened. So does it feel like yesterday, or are things that happened you know still fresh in your mind?
1: or? Yeah, just get yeah, that it always stick with you, but yeah. kind of, it does still feel like it happened yesterday.
0: Let's start at the beginning then. Obviously, the first game was against Argentina. How yeah. important was it for you guys to get off to a good win, particularly against the hosts?
1: Yeah, we spoke about getting off to a good start especially in a tough group You know, with the the reigning champions, France we knew they were going to be tough and Argentina having beaten us the year before and now playing in their back garden, we knew it'd it'd be tough to get off the group, so we had to get off to a flying start and um, we'd done our analysis on them, we knew what they could bring, we focused a lot on ourselves for that game and our plan was to try and silence the crowd, keep the scoreboard ticking over as we did with Kai Evans' booth and just try and get ourselves over the edge really but they made it very tough
0: yeah i've got a couple of clips actually uh, particularly at the final whistle because you were on the subs bench at that time weren't you yeah. and and literally with the final whistle goes and you just put your head into your hands was that yeah was that just because of sheer relief
1: i think it's a bit of both they were camped on our 22 and they had a couple of penalties in the last couple of minutes mm. i think a lot of us on the sideline were getting nervous yeah uh just because they were a team that could do anything from anywhere. You saw that try where the number eight picks the ball up from the scrum, (laughs) a retreat in scrum, and, you know, they they go the length. So we knew that they were dangerous and, that you know, a quick tap penalty if we switch off quickly and they could be over in the corner and win the game. But also just proud of the the performance the boys
0: put in to get us that first win on the road. Sure, and then... France and Fiji followed a couple of contrasting fortunes from those games. Yeah. A defeat to France but a big win against Fiji who tripped teams up in the past. So was it good going into the game against New Zealand with that behind you?
1: Yeah, definitely. And um, what was good in the New Zealand game is, you know, there was a few of us who had played them the year before in the group. Yeah. So, you know, it's always a daunting task facing a team like New Zealand. You know, they're a massive name, probably the biggest name in world rugby. But I think the way the The management handled it and the way the boys handled it worked in our favour very well. Tried not to give them too much respect because I think that's what a lot of teams do with New Zealand is they know what they can bring and so they're kind of a bit scared. So we tried to take that element out of it and just look at them as any other team, do our analysis and then go into it with our heads held high. And I think the conditions played into our hands very well. You know, it's the middle of a storm. Yeah. You know, the boys really did dig deep. Defensively,
0: yeah. I was going to say that because I think from memory, you guys made like three times the amount of tackles in defence.
1: Yeah, I think I remember speaking to Lauren on our storm break as yeah. we were running in, and I think we were about maybe halfway through the first half, and there was maybe three or four of us, and myself, Tommy Raffel, Jack Morgan, and another one of the backs. I think were already in
0: double digit tackles, mm-hmm. which still mm-hmm. blows my mind, really it just shows how little of a ball we had in that game. Well, I think from the whole game, it was something less than a minute, wasn't it? That you actually had the ball in the opposition 22.
1: Just the scoring.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So going into the game, though, things hadn't actually gone your way because obviously Harry got ill quite a lot. Um, yeah. And Aaron Owen was injured after like two minutes of the tournament. So yeah. things weren't exactly going your way. So the fact that you actually came out on the winning side, that speaks volumes for the squad, doesn't
1: it? Yeah, and... Uh... I think I said it a few times in interviews with yourself that our squad depth felt incredible. You know, we had boys who could fill in, play multiple positions, a lot of leadership players on the field with Tommy, Lennon, Kai. And I think losing boys was tough, but the boys who filled in filled their role perfectly as well, which, you know, speaks volumes to them.
0: Can you remember Tian's tribe very well?
1: Tian sort of just hacks it through once and I thought he was losing the race and then I think the New Zealand player tries to dive on
0: the yeah, flanker was coming across and he sort of needed yeah. even more yeah, towards the trailer a bit yeah.
1: too early and Tian gets a toe to it and yeah. kicks it towards the corner flag. <laughs> Yeah, and I remember watching thinking oh this is going to go dead it's going to go dead and he just, I just see the ref's hand go up
0: has he reminded you of it since? Or?
1: not really spoken about that game in yeah. particular much yeah. since it happened. I think it's still a bit surreal that it happened for
0: yeah. everyone. He scored on 18 minutes and then 10 minutes later you guys are in the changing chair because of the yeah. conditions. How tough was it to keep the focus crammed into that small little changing room not knowing when or even if the game was going to restart?
1: I think it was tough. I think what made it a lot easier for us was being ahead on the scoreboard. Yeah. So I think it would have been a lot tougher had New Zealand scored. And we were behind, what was it, 5-0? We'd been behind 5-0 and we're sort of trying to chase a game where we're not seeing much of the ball. I think then it would have been a lot tougher to control the room or control, you know, emotions we're playing. But being 5-0 up and knowing that defensively we'd actually done well against a side who are known for their attacking flair, we were quite confident going. I think we were actually more disappointed than anything because we felt... Although we didn't have the ball, we had control. So, you know, a lot of it was frustration that, you know, that we had to come in. Like we, we felt very set in that game. Remember, talking yeah. to the boys when we were in and everyone was like, no, we're not we're not really feeling it. I think the rain, sort of, because it wasn't as hot, we weren't feeling as tired or as drained. We were a bit gutted at the stoppage, obviously. But, no, I think had we been behind in that game, it would have been a lot tougher.
0: Have you ever played in conditions like that before? <sighs>
1: I think the only one that is similar I can think of is Osprey's under-18s and Scarlets under-18s. And we played in Llamdowry and we drew 7 all. And the conditions in that game were <laughs> dreadful. But it wasn't the middle of a storm, you know. It, it The game didn't get called off or anything. It was just...
0: So, you mentioned just now that uh, you felt control. You nearly actually went further ahead, didn't you? Because uh, after you guys came back on, Ryan Combeer made a, a great break down the touchline, didn't he? And you passed to Kai, yeah. but unfortunately, it went to ground. But that, that was a great chance for you guys, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, it was a great break from Combe down the wing. He uh, bumped the winger off. Yeah. And then I remember two boys being trailing on Combe's inside, and the pass just goes to ground. There's try scoring time if that goes to hand, yeah. and it's unfortunate that it doesn't. But you know that's that's the way it goes sometimes.
0: You managed to hold out until what seven minutes until full time, and they snatched the lead. What was going through your head then? Was that the end of a heroic Welsh effort, or you know?
1: It was a tough time because we defended for about seventy five minutes at that point. You know, you can tell boys are tired. You can tell look, their bodies are hurting. The effort that they put in defensively kind of wasn't shown. By being down 7-5 for that point Which I actually don't remember If I was on the field at the point of them scoring I think I was And I, I came off just after But yeah it was tough They had deserved a try I will say that I think they had deserved a try But it's tough to take that So
0: you managed to uh, go down the other end When Kai stepped up for that penalty with a minute to go Did you think he any doubt that it would go over? Because unusually he missed a couple of earlier shots in that game
1: Yeah Do so you know what? No, I kind of it never crept into my head that oh Kai's going to miss you and, yeah. and we're done. It was more of Kai's going to kick it, and we've got to hold on for I think what three minutes was on the clock maybe, and that that was more the worry. It was never because well I played with Kai long enough to know that under pressure you know he'll, he'll get the job done. And I think having missed a couple of kicks that game, it was quite clear to me that he was going to kick it. He wouldn't let another one. Go to miss so yeah no, I was I was very confident in him getting the ball over it was more the hanging on to the lead at the end uh, in the last three minutes because
0: you actually took the restart quite well you went and I think it was two phases and then you got penalised didn't you yeah. so what was going through your head when the goal kicker was lining up the shot at goal in the last kick of the game
1: well we were on the sidelines just sort of all standing up watching and it is dead time at that point the <laughs> clock has gone red and um, well we were all just there's nothing much you can do with the sinking feeling that while we've worked for it, it's just gonna slip away at the last minute. And yeah, I think he just drives it. It is good 48 meters maybe. So, well, just a lot of relief. There's a video that shows just all of the, there's probably about eight or nine of us on the bench who just go screaming onto the pitch.
0: Yeah. There's some good pictures of Jack Price just jumping Jack up and down. Just
1: jumping up and down, yeah. yeah. And then the pitch of the sticks in my head is always of uh, Deion Smith Been, shaking hands yeah. while everyone's celebrating,
0: yeah. yeah. So after the game, obviously, you were quite emotional. Was that just because of the game that drained you so much or the fact that you became just the second Welsh captain to ever beat the Junior All Blacks or a bit of both? Or
1: I, I think it was just the whole occasion, just mm. everything. Possibly having the game stripped away from us in the last couple of minutes. Only to to seal the win. Tough ride against France. I, it was just the the occasion, you know, the group of boys that we were with that we we worked so hard through the year for, and yeah, just the uh, emotion of the occasion.
0: So uh, obviously, you finished off against England. Do you think that was just one game too many for the boys?
1: Yeah, quite honestly, I think we underestimated England going into that game. We'd saw through the tournament. I think I, I lost to Ireland. And then we watched them play Australia after we played Fiji. And I, I genuinely think maybe just a bit of underestimation on our part. We knew what they could do and play them in the Six Nations. But I, I just don't think we turned up until about 25, 30 minutes in. By that time, I think they'd scored four tries. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And it was just too late. Because in the second half, we came out, we started using Driving Mortals and we are just getting a lot of a lot of change after that. I yeah. think we scored maybe two or three driving balls.
0: yeah because you got within like, eight or nine points at one stage yeah. and you then... got within <laughs> one
1: score yeah and then they scored next and it was kind of game gone but we just woke up too late in the game
0: so someone like yourself uh, you know obviously played under 20s level a lot a couple of World Cups how do you actually view the whole World Cup scenario because you're obviously away from home for a month how do you look back on that whole thing is it a good thing or...
1: oh it's an excellent experience for any young player Just away with, you know, your mates, which is a a vital part of rugby, in my opinion. You know, you make friends for it, you enjoy it. Doing interviews and just learning other cultures. Like with Argentina, I'd never been to Argentina. We learned a lot about the country. You do realise there's just a different world to what we live in over here. So, yeah, I, I think, you know, and obviously the rugby aspect of it, playing the best countries in the world.
0: Do you uh, feel for the boys who've missed out on the chance this year with, the, with obviously, uh, the World Cup biting the dust with COVID?
1: Oh, 100%, yeah. You know, I think it's an invaluable experience, really, going on a World Cup of the 20s. I mean, for a lot of boys, it, it could have been their last shot at their 20s World Cup, especially in a, in a place like Italy as well,
0: a lovely place to go and play. So, yeah, I, I'm sure the, the boys have got it. Some people in the past have questioned the value of the, the 20s, but if you look at, like, last year's squad, for instance, the likes of... Tommy Revel, Tian, Thomas Wheeler, Kai Evans, Ryan Combe, Jack Morgan, yourself. They've all sort of had club and regional experience, so that would just suggest it's a good stepping stone?
1: Yeah, I, I think 100%. It not only kind of prepares you for the next level, but it, it gives you that confidence boost as well. I think especially for myself, being a first or second year hooker, playing the 20s level, it gave me a massive confidence boost going into the senior game that I could hit line and that I, I could do what I needed to do at that level. I think it's incredibly important. And I'm sure a lot of players would agree
0: with me. After the World Cup, come back, have a bit of a break, and then straight into the Ospreys' season, um, next time I saw you, you were training with the Wales squad. That was a bit surreal, <laughs> wasn't it? <laughs> when that first was approached, what did you think?
1: I was... I'm still shocked. I'm really <laughs> thinking about it. Because I, I think I played two or three games for the Ospreys. And, you know, to get a call obviously through injury to Elliot D, which you never hope for, you never wish on anyone, you know, it was a great experience for myself.
0: Just prior to that, Wayne Pubek had brought in quite a few of you younger guys, hadn't he? So was that just a sample of what goes on in camp?
1: Yeah, I think it was a bit of an experience for us boys.
0: When all the squad profile shots were being taken, did you think, "Geez, I'm actually quite close to getting the spot here?
1: It's a bit, well, even to walk into the team room is a bit, you know, surreal. Walk in and, you know, Alan wins there, as there. And you're thinking, God, a year ago, I was I was watching this on TV. <laughs> yeah. well, not even a year ago, a couple of months ago. And it's a bit, uh, you know, now you stood there having your photo with them. So it's a bit, it, it is still very surreal.
0: What was your immediate reaction when, obviously, you mentioned earlier, but so when you were actually given the nod to say, right, you are going to be part of the squad, what, what were your feelings?
1: We were actually in the middle of a morning session. And Wayne came up and said, oh, look, you're going to get the official call up because we need the numbers. And by the time I just said, oh, thank you, just because I, well, I was, still, I was just shocked. I didn't really <laughs> know how to react.
0: Yeah,
1: And it is still shocking to me now.
0: And how long have you been playing hooker? Because you were a, a back row, weren't you?
1: Yeah, moved from back row at... The end of 18, so maybe two, three years I at that
0: Coming away from the Six Nations, uh, what were your biggest learnings?
1: i obviously done um, a lot of work on my throwing with uh, Hugh Bennett. Had a, a lot of time in camp just working on that, you know, individually. But also, again, confidence was a major key for it. Having been in that environment, you know, having been able to perform in that environment with those men was a massive step up for myself and yeah.
0: my confidence obviously going back to the Ospreys there's guys like Scott and Ivan Phillips and Sam Perry there's lots of competition for starting spots there isn't
1: there yeah 100% I think you know Hooker is one of the positions at the Ospreys where they're not lacking in quality with Sam and Scott and, and Ivan three great players but you know the competition is what I enjoy I think without without competition it, it can get a bit boring I think, yeah, they're in a great spot for Hocker at the Ospreys. I'm looking forward to competing for it.
0: 2023 is the next World Cup. Have you gone on the calendar and put a ring around it? Thinking?
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm uh, not thinking too far ahead yet. It's obviously something you aim for as a young player, and it's obviously a goal of mine. But uh, I like to think quite short, because you never really know what can happen in the long term. So for me, it's about you know getting that consistent game time for the Ospreys and seeing how,
0: how I can break through there and just developing myself and my game. The last few months obviously with Covid do you view it as losing a bit of ground playing wise or does it maybe give you a better chance moving forward conceivably because everyone will be starting from scratch again won't they?
1: It's a bit of both for me I think it's time lost but also through being able to have a little break and sort of restart a lot of time to work on things Mm -hmm. myself at home as well, just with throw in and a couple of technical things. So of course I think everyone would have rather rugby continue and games be played. But at the same time also uh, it's allowed me to work on things that maybe I wouldn't have had the time to work on had the season continued.
0: Like some players, you know you know, rugby's like a treadmill, isn't it? Once you're on it you're hardly ever off it. But maybe some players may be viewing this break as a blessing in disguise for
1: them yeah of course and I think for a lot of boys maybe it's well needed boys who've got World Cup into Pro 14 into Six Nations yeah I think there's obviously positive and negatives from it the terrible thing that's happening
0: but uh, I think it's good to be able to take positives out of Bad situations, which I think is what we have to do. Just finally, I mentioned Tian and Kai before. Uh, have you been, I don't know, not, not proud, but like the fact that you've come through the 20s ranks with them, that they've had to play quite a bit for the Ospreys this season. How would you describe their progress?
1: Oh, yeah, they've, they've both done incredibly well this season. Me and Kai played golf the other day. Uh, speaking to him about you know his season, he was saying he, he's played like 19 games this year you know which is massive for him and i think he's performed very well at 15 doing a lot of cleanup work and then same with tian i'm not sure how many games tian's played but he's been excellent in the center while owen's been out injured uh, i remember him driving away on a good run through the middle and yeah i think it's been great seasons for the both of them and I'm, yeah. i am happy to see them doing well so a great
0: insight to the workings of Wales Under-20s and the transition to senior rugby from Darryl Lake. to Graham Gillespie. We'll hear from another former Wales Under-20s captain, Tommy Raphael, next week on the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. And until then, goodbye.